0: This is an IELTS Energy Podcast, Episode 768, Intuition and Inquiry Got Mars a 7.5 for IELTS writing. Welcome to the IELTS Energy Podcast from All Ears English with your host, Today you'll hear a fantastic conversation with three key student Mars and learn about overcoming social anxiety for a speaking eight and how to work hard and trust yourself for a writing 7.5. What defines an advanced English speaker? Hello, IELTS Energy listeners. We have an amazing real-life student story for you guys today. Um, This story has everything. It has outrage. It has excitement and final triumph. So I am talking about the IELTS journey of one of the coolest students I've been lucky enough to work with, Mars. Welcome to the show, Mars.
1: Hello, everyone. Thank you for having me, Jessica.
0: My pleasure. Um, Do you want to introduce yourself to everyone?
1: Okay, so my real name is Marte, but everyone calls me Mars. I come from Venezuela, but I've been living in Argentina for the last five years and a half, and I plan to migrate to Australia.
0: And now you can, right? Because you got the scores.
1: Well, I hope so. At least um, the door is open now. I have to go through a lot of paperwork, but yeah, I'm on the way.
0: Well, it's like this door takes a lot. It's like well, there are many doors, let's say. So the IELTS door is open <laughs> and now there's some other doors you have to walk through. Um, okay, awesome. At least we have this IELTS thing sorted. So we are going to talk about this journey. Um, guys, we're going to talk about writing in a little bit. So stay tuned for that because Mars has a very interesting experience of working very hard to improve his writing score, how to break past the 6.5 all the way to a 7.5, but guys, there's details in there about how to do that, so we're going to get to that in a second, but first I want to talk about speaking, because like I'm sure you could already hear, listeners, Mars is a very confident English speaker. He got an eight on his second exam. He got an eight this time. So, Mars, tell us, what is the key? What's the secret? How do you get this fluent?
1: Well, um, the basic stuff is just practice as much as possible. The thing is that how I managed to do that, there, is, um, there are several types of language exchange events, and the one that I went to a lot for the last four years, which was one called Mundo Lingo. Mundo as in world in Spanish. And this is an event that is uh, located worldwide nowadays. It it started eight years ago in Buenos Aires, but nowadays is uh, very famous worldwide. So what I recommend for anyone that is trying to improve their English or any other language for that matter, is to <laughs> practice in this type of events. Not so, only. Sorry, sorry not that.
0: Mars. Sorry to interrupt you, Mars. How can our listeners find this event? How can they? How can they find out if this exists in their country?
1: Well, most foreigners, um, from what I hear, they do it through an app called Meetup. But you can also check out the website for Mundolingo, I think mundolingo.org.
0: Okay, I love it. I love it. Okay, that's an awesome tip. So when you showed up to these events, um, like, were you kind of nervous at first when you started this four years ago?
1: Oh, yeah, I I had to also address that part. So um, I used to suffer from social anxiety, and I was also quite socially awkward. So this is something that I needed to work to. And this type of event helped me in several ways, not just to improve my English, but also to be more confident and comfortable talking to complete strangers while at the same time making friends because I was new in the the country. So, yeah, it helped me in so many ways.
0: I love it. Yeah, guys, I mean, so much of doing well on the on the speaking test is um if you do suffer from social anxiety, like that's something you need to address well before test day. I mean, luckily, Mars, you started <laughs> addressing this 4 years ago. <laughs> but guys, no matter how close or far away your exam is, if you do get nervous, speaking to others, and that's definitely going to happen on the exam. And you know what? Like, I just spoke with a student today who was like, she has no problem talking to herself when she's alone, like speaking English out loud. But when she gets in front of an examiner... Everything changes. So talking to yourself out loud is excellent. That's an awesome thing to do, but that is the first step. So, yes, finding this group or a group like it in your country or city, that's awesome. So go to meetups, guys. That's fantastic. Okay. Um, So it improved your English. You got friends. Um, what, What other tips could you give our students? Well,
1: don't consider the examiner. Um, an examiner. Just consider that person another friend that you are meeting in this type of language exchange. That helps yeah. a lot to ease the pressure. You know, the the first for time sure. that that I did the test back in February, I didn't do this. I I treated this as if I was being judged, and that didn't work that well for me. But now, in the in the second uh, attempt it worked really well. Like In fact, uh, I remember that this time the examiner had to stop me because I was trying to take control of the conversation so much because I wasn't (laughs) treating her as an examiner. So,
0: okay. So now you got an eight last time and an eight this time, like the same score, but you feel like your experience was completely different.
1: Well, the thing is that on the... um, on the second part of the test, I did better the first time around than the huh. second one. Uh, uh, ironically, the person that was the examiner was the same person that did this uh, back in February. Oh, wow. But yeah. I, don't re- I don't know if she remembered me or not.
0: Right. Okay. So... um Guys, uh, yes, definitely try to picture the examiner like a friend. Pretend you're talking to somebody that makes you feel relaxed and confident and comfortable. But again, like you you cannot get to that stage of being able to imagine that unless you've actually spoken English comfortably to a friend before, (laughs) right? Like you can't just like invent that. So you have to practice for that as well. But that is an awesome tip for sure. And being relaxed isn't the same as being like – too informal or disrespectful, right? Like there are lines. And the fact is, in speaking part one and part two, you do have to be relaxed and informal. So if you're treating the whole exam like you're on a job interview, you are not going to show the language functions that you have to to prove you have the range, right? You can handle informal topics and formal topics, okay? All right, perfect. Now, before we recorded today, you said you had um, uh, like some anecdotes of something that happened during the test.
1: Yeah. So the first time um, she noticed that I had a really good command of the language. And one of the ways that you can test how good is that is through making the other person uncomfortable. So she kind of cornered me. Into speaking about the situation in Venezuela and oh, wow. what I thought about um, superpowers intervening in, in that kind of thing, and at that precise moment, Venezuela was at the brink of civil war. So oh yeah. So when she asked me that, internally, I was like, I cannot believe that she is asking me that. <laughs> but I I tried to hold my own and, and like. It was just a normal question, like really normal. And because of that, I managed to pull through. And the second time, it, it was kind of hilarious. So during the first part, she asked me what kind of stuff I'm, I was into. So I said that I, I'm into politics, economics, philosophy, science, like all kinds of things and video games. So she, I, I reckon that she was like, okay, so this guy must be a nerd question can I what kind of question can I make that will make him uncomfortable so she asked me what kind of water sport I wanted to try uh in the in the near future and I was like oh my god seriously and uh, because I, I'm, I'm not in sports at all in water sports is like oh no that, that was too much it wasn't even water competition because you know if If it was a water competition, it would have been a little bit easier. So we had to, I I didn't even pivot that I Like I tried to uh said water polo. I don't know anything about water polo, but I was just (laughs) trying to do my best. I was drowning, unintended, with that question. Uh, But
0: oh my god. So yeah, in
1: the end I managed to pull through. I remember that even the the third part of the question of the of the interview was very short because i i did apparently so well in the other parts that that we didn't even huh. last 2 minutes on that part
0: oh well that no so the examiner's not allowed to shorten part 3 at all like it doesn't matter how good or bad someone is doing it has to be the same time frame um so that examiner maybe didn't do the full job that she should have cuz she should have spoken to you the whole time now someone of your um level Granted, the examiner is going to know your score like right off pretty much. Like they're going to be like, okay, like this guy's awesome. So that score is going to be fixed in the person's head. And it, what we're supposed to do in part three is like she did the first time, ask you super challenging questions and try and make you uncomfortable. Like really challenge you to – we have to make you prove that you deserve – Like an eight. You know what I mean? Like, if you're a seven or higher, we have to make you prove that by asking difficult questions. And about that part two that was so hard, now different examiners approach this in various ways. When I was examining, I would choose all the part two cards before the exams even started because I just like to be prepared and I filled out all the numbers and everything like that. I've only known one examiner who decides at the moment what question they're going to ask. So most of us do like have pre-picked the topics we're going to ask you before you even open your mouth. So I think that was just unlucky. No, she took
1: took some time to look for the question. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah, she did. And on the the third part, uh, she only did one question. Like she asked me, how important is um uh, water? And then she made a question about trying to counter in my argument, but that was it. So like I like I oh, didn't weird. feel I didn't feel like we were having a, a deep conversation. I, I felt that th- that it was just one sided. Like, you know, that asking asking what uh... question and then one reply, that's that's not it.
0: Conversation. That's not a conversation and that's not a complete speaking part three. I can tell you right now, if that um if that exam gets monitored, like if that recording gets sent, you know, to the head IELTS authorities, that examiner's gonna be in trouble for not doing the full part three. But that doesn't matter. Your performance matters, and your performance was an eight. So, guys, these are all fantastic tips for how to prepare and put yourself out there. If you are, you know, an awesome nerd. And maybe you have experienced social anxiety in the past. You got to get over that somehow and push those boundaries. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Okay. Awesome. Now let's get to the main event here, writing. So Mars, you were at a 6.5 and you were like pulling your hair out because I need a seven or higher. So you decided to get into Three Keys IELTS. And then how did you experience or how did you uh, make your writing improve?
1: Well, the first thing that I did, which I do not recommend to other people was that I focused from the very beginning in that part in the in the course? Like I think that I at least seventy percent of the time that I invested in the course was related to writing, because that's where I needed the most help and listening to right. as well. But uh, anyway, <laughs> so um, I I spend a lot of time in that. I spend a lot of my free time. Um, writing essays and letters and just trying to improve. And the thing is that I did. I could see the improvement. And I even started doing that at work, you know. I could could see that my writing, when I was writing emails or or writing to colleagues, it improved. Even even the way that I address people on WhatsApp, Mm. it improved. (laughs)
0: Okay. So can you, can you give our listeners a couple tips on like exactly what improved in your writing?
1: The structure. The structure is extremely important. Like I had no idea how important it is. In in fact, let me tell you how, um, how much of a difference it made. When I did the test, I had a really strong policy, which was a no risk policy. That awesome. means that if I had any doubt about any word about the spelling, I wasn't going to write it, all right?
0: Perfect, and yeah.
1: And I, re- I remember that on the very first sentence of the essay, I could easily fit the word ubiquitous, but, <laughs> because it's a really good word. But yeah. the thing is that at the moment, I didn't fully remember how it was spelled. So oh, I no. said, no, this is not going to be <laughs> written. And that's the thing, like I I honestly cannot recall that I write any high-end word. And when I when I say this, I mean I mean this kind of these type of words that you do not use. You just use it yeah. to impress someone else. I don't recall using any of them. I just stick to the structure that was required of me in the essay and the letter, and addressing the task achievement as much as possible and doing examples that were really good
0: awesome awesome okay I have a couple thoughts here so yes first of all guys like you have to have a structure you've heard us talk about templates you know how much they've helped other students with their writing as well and you cannot score highly in task response task achievement cohesion coherence you can't do all well there unless you know how to organize the essay in a way that the examiner can score highly like it's just it's impossible you need to have those those templates that an examiner has written like myself for example um and there's no risk policy and then you're saying that like you don't think that you used any amazing vocabulary but here's the thing if you have a high level of english and you have prepared to the extent that you did mars your level of vocabulary that is comfortable that is well known and not risky that's going to be higher because you'll have used these words a lot. So your your vocabulary I'm sure was already amazing, right? It's just those are the words that you already knew. So Exactly. I like, it, it's all about preparation. And yes, guys, don't take risks on test day. That could be like a half a band lower if you make a couple spelling mistakes, right? So we don't want to risk that. That's huge. Um, okay, so tell us the story. Just, okay, real fast, Mars, because this is already going to be a long episode and I want everybody to hear this. So on the day you got your results, what did you see for your writing score?
1: I actually saw a very disappointing six and a half.
0: Ah, and, okay.
1: Yeah, and I was really mad. Like, how could this be? Like, this is impossible. I I witnessed how my writing was highly improved. Like, I couldn't believe it. And I immediately asked, or I mean, I paid for a, a remark, right. a, an inquiry of result. And the thing is that my brother wasn't really confident about it because he, when he had to t- uh, take the aisles back then uh, he also went through the same and he asked for uh, an inquiry or a result and there was no improvement none whatsoever but uh, I was confident that if I was being reviewed by you with with a score that it was above seven all the time like this yeah. was this was impossible. how, do, how do I get a six and a half. There was no right. way. So I immediately asked for that. And I felt really depressed for a few days because there was a lot of things going on. And that didn't help. But then things were things become even worse in the country. But at the same time, the results came in. And the difference was huge. A six and a half versus a seven and a half, it's a big thing. They totally screw up.
0: I know. It's insane. Maybe, maybe that speaking examiner who like shortened your test, maybe she was having a rough day and she also graded your essay and just was totally just, just had an off day altogether. Um, (laughs) okay. So let me, let me just summarize this guys. Like what, what is this context? What happened? So, Mars worked so hard on improving his writing. He did hundreds of essays. Maybe not hundreds, but he did tons of essays. And he even got um, email feedback from me and scores, like he said, consistently above a seven. He knew that he deserved above a seven. So as soon as he saw that score, he trusted his intuition because he had that confidence. And he had those, those scores that I already gave you, right? You knew that you were a better writer than that. And you know what, guys? Inquiry results a whole band higher, ultimately a 7.5 in writing. And that's what you deserved. I mean, that's incredible. So, okay, I'm going to wrap this up because this has been amazing. I feel like we could do <laughs> another hour with you, Mars, but I'm going <laughs> to wrap it up here because there's a lot of great information. Um, listeners, definitely come back to the blog for this uh, post. This is episode 76, uh, Sorry, 768. Okay, come back to the blog, guys, and I will put links to resources and tips that Mars shared today. Um, Mars, thank you so much for sharing your story. Oh, thank you. All right, man. Good luck with the rest of your um, Australian immigration doors.
1: All right. Thank you.
0: (laughs) All right. Bye.
1: Bye. Take care.